I'm Toby Logsdon, and this is your Daily Fix of Wisdom on BibleStudyPodcasts.org. In Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1-4, through 4, Solomon writes, My son, if you will receive my words and treasure my commandments within you, make your ear attentive to wisdom, incline your heart to understanding. For if you cry for discernment, lift your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures. That's Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1-4. through 4. In chapter 1, Solomon personified wisdom, who called out in the public arena and made itself available to everyone who stopped to listen. And we saw that despite wisdom's pleas, people ignored wisdom and kept on with their own ways. The result for everyone who ignores wisdom is unavoidable catastrophe, while the result for those who heed the words of wisdom is peace and safety. Obviously, at this point, the person with even a half grain of common sense should be saying, okay, you've got my attention. What do I need to do? Well, I'm glad you asked, because Solomon is telling us three things that are necessary to gain wisdom. First of all, we have to be receptive to it. God created us to be people, not puppets. Our lives are filled with more choices to make than we can possibly count, and one of those choices has to be to accept the wisdom that God offers. Unlike animals who have only their instinct to base their actions on, God gave people the ability to choose their actions freely. When King David saw Bathsheba bathing from his rooftop, he was faced with the choice of continuing to look at another man's wife lustfully or looking away. Well, as we all know, he chose to continue looking at her, and as we all know, the rest is history. David brought disaster upon himself. So the first key lesson for us from this passage is that we must choose to be receptive to wisdom. The second principle here is that we have to be responsive to the wisdom that we receive. As Solomon says, incline your heart to understanding. In other words, if you're in possession of it, make use of it. I came across something written by a person who had some very wrong beliefs about Christianity, and yet this same person boasted that he had more than half of the New Testament memorized word for word. Well, that's pretty impressive, but the fact that he had half of the New Testament memorized word for word is useless if he doesn't understand it, and clearly, based on his beliefs, he didn't understand what he had memorized. He wasn't responsive to that which he had received. So the third and final principle after receptivity and responsiveness is resolve. Solomon writes, if you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures. He's not saying that wisdom is a hidden treasure. We saw in the previous chapter that it's not hidden at all. But what do you do with hidden treasure? Maybe you dig a hole in the ground where you think it might be buried. And if it's not there, you dig another hole and another and another until you find it. That's called having resolve. Solomon is telling us to seek out wisdom in the same way. Don't give up on it because it's guaranteed to be out there if you just seek it with persistence. I'm Toby Logsdon, and this has been your Daily Fix of Wisdom on BibleStudyPodcasts.org. Keep growing closer to Jesus. I'm Toby Logsdon, and this is your Daily Fix of Wisdom on BibleStudyPodcasts.org. In Proverbs chapter 2, verses 5-8, through 8, Solomon writes, Then you will discern the fear of the Lord, and discover the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From His mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice, and He preserves the way 
of his godly ones. In our passage today, Solomon tells us what the benefits of seeking wisdom are. If you'll remember from our previous lesson, Solomon was urging us to seek wisdom with the same type of persistence that you'd need if you were looking for a hidden treasure. If you're willing to do that, he tells us that you'll discern the fear of the Lord. Remember, that's the first step in the direction of wisdom. And once we develop this deep reverence for God, we'll know we're headed in the right direction. And if anyone knew what it was like to be blown away with this deep reverence for God, it was the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah was given a vision in which he saw the train of the Lord's robe filling the temple, and above him stood angels, beings who had never sinned, had never been tainted by a single sinful thought or action. They knew that even they weren't worthy of even looking at God. Instead, they hid their faces in their wings while in his presence. And suddenly Isaiah cried out, Woe is me, for I am ruined, because I am a man of unclean lips. And never in his life at this point had his sin ever seemed so horrible. Never in his life had he ever felt such fear and deep reverence for God's holiness. But once he recognized his sinfulness, he was cleansed of his sin. And we must start our search for wisdom with this type of reverence for God. From there, Solomon tells us three things that we'll find when we seek true wisdom. First of all, we'll find the origin of wisdom. He tells us that the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. No matter how smart or how wise a person might seem, if they don't fear God and thus haven't heard the knowledge and understanding that come from his mouth, they don't have wisdom. Think about that for a second. Buddha, Confucius, and others who have started false religions claim to have wisdom for people to learn. But it's really just foolishness because it doesn't originate with the Lord. So the first thing we find when we seek wisdom is that God is the one and only origin of wisdom. The second thing we find is the object of wisdom. In other words, we find that there's a purpose for it. Solomon tells us that the purpose of wisdom is to be a shield to those who walk in integrity. The first question we should be tempted to ask, and rightfully so, is shield from what? Well, it's a shield from foolishness and things that would otherwise shake our foundations to the core. The object, or the purpose, of finding wisdom is finding the peacefulness and stability that wisdom promised us back at the end of chapter 1. Third and finally, Solomon tells us that if we seek wisdom, we'll find the outcome of wisdom. What's that outcome? Well, Solomon tells us that the Lord will preserve the way of his godly ones. In the midst of possible dangerous or threatening outcomes, the person who has wisdom will find safety. Life is filled with uncertainty and danger, but for the person who seeks wisdom with perseverance, there's a guarantee of certainty and safety. I'm Toby Logsdon, and this has been your Daily Fix of Wisdom on BibleStudyPodcasts.org. Keep growing closer to Jesus. I'm Toby Logsdon, and this is your daily fix of wisdom on BibleStudyPodcasts.org. In Proverbs chapter 2, verses 9 through 12, Solomon continues, writing, Then you will discern righteousness and justice and equity and every good course. For wisdom will enter your heart, and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will guard you. Understanding will watch over you to deliver you from the way of evil, from the man 
who speaks perverse things. You know, one of the questions that will almost invariably arise in the lives of Christians who live in democratic societies is whether or not a person's vote should be based on the religious beliefs of the candidate. Some people would argue that the religious beliefs of a candidate don't matter, and that if we're basing our vote to any extent on their religious beliefs, those people will be legislating their own morality. However, the fact is that all laws reflect the morality of the people who pass those laws, and all laws have a moral basis for their legislation. Solomon has actually recorded some wisdom for us in regards to this controversial issue. In the verses leading up to this passage, he told us that if we seek wisdom with the same persistence and the same pers- perseverance that's needed to seek a hidden treasure will be able to correctly discern the fear of the Lord. Once a person's done this, there's an additional benefit. Solomon tells us that then a person can have a correct understanding of righteousness, justice, and fairness. So the question as to whether or not we should be voting for someone based on their religious beliefs, according to Solomon, really boils down to whether or not we want someone who truly and correctly understands the qualities of righteousness, justice, and fairness. Solomon tells us that the reason one doesn't understand these qualities without first having a fear of the Lord is that wisdom will enter the heart of a person who fears the Lord and knowledge will be pleasant to their soul. The person who doesn't fear God simply doesn't have true wisdom in their heart and knowledge isn't pleasant to them because it challenges what they already believe. The person who has wisdom in their heart and whose soul finds knowledge pleasing will consequently have discretion. Discretion doesn't mean reservation. A person with discretion isn't afraid to make progress, but they pick and choose their steps carefully. They're also protected from the way of evil by their understanding. Notice that it doesn't say that we'll be protected from people who do evil. The Nazi regime imprisoned and murdered countless Christians who were trying to be good neighbors to the Jews who were being persecuted in Germany back in the 30s and 40s. But while we won't necessarily be protected from the actions of evil people, we will be protected from their evil ways. In other words, once we have wisdom and understanding, the prospect of joining in with the crowd in doing things that we know we're not supposed to do will no longer appeal to us. And finally, Solomon tells us that we'll be delivered from the man who speaks perverse things. The Hebrew word that gets translated as perverse is found nine times in Proverbs, but it's only found one other place in the Bible, and that's Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 20, where Moses describes the perversion of the children of Israel while they were in the wilderness. Perverse basically just means the opposite of what is proper or desirable. The person whose heart is filled with wisdom doesn't want to be in the presence of those whose mouths are constantly cursing and swearing or speaking of things that aren't proper. Why not? Because they know that what goes into their ears ultimately ends up in their minds and the mind controls our actions. And so therefore, ultimately, what we give an ear to will have an effect on the way we act. So the lesson here is we must choose our friends wisely. I'm Toby Logson, and this has been your Daily Fix of Wisdom on BibleStudyPodcasts.org. Keep growing closer to Jesus. I'm Toby Logson, and this is your Daily Fix of Wisdom on BibleStudyPodcast.org. 
In Proverbs chapter 2, verses 13 to 15, Solomon writes, From those who leave the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness, who delight in doing evil and rejoice in the perversity of evil, whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. In this passage, Solomon continues to tell us the role of discretion, which is a byproduct of having wisdom. If you'll remember back to our previous lesson, we saw that discretion will guard us and deliver us from the way of evil. Here Solomon tells us that this deliverance from the ways of evil includes deliverance from people who intentionally choose to walk in darkness. In the book of Job, we see Job undergo terrible affliction, and his friends come alongside him to offer him comfort and advice. While his friends had no idea what was actually going on, one of his friends actually had some very sound advice for him. Bildad said to him, Indeed, the light of the wicked goes out, and the flame of his fire gives no light. The light in his tent is darkened, and his lamp goes out above him. And he goes on to say, He is driven from light into darkness, and chased from the inhabited world. Surely such are the dwellings of the wicked, and this is the place of him who does not know God. In many places throughout Scripture, God is spoken of as being symbolized by light. Jesus said, This is the judgment, that the light has come into the world, and men loved the darkness rather than the light, for their deeds were evil. He also said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. So when Solomon talks about someone who leaves the path of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness, darkness represents the actions and the direction of the person who has no fear, no knowledge, and no love for God whatsoever. Just as Jesus said that men love darkness rather than light, Solomon's telling us that those who walk in the darkness actually experience delight in doing evil. This clearly isn't the default position that people are born into. Rather, it's a position that people strive toward gradually. God gave each one of us a conscience which tells us what's right and what's wrong. For example, we intrinsically know that it's wrong to steal or wrong to murder. You see, sin starts in the mind of a person. The conscience will give a strong warning against doing something like murdering someone. But the more comfortable they become with just the thought of murdering someone, the more likely it becomes that they'll carry out that thought in their actions. That's why Jesus said that being angry in one's heart toward their brother makes them guilty of murder. That thought, just that thought, is the first step in the direction toward making your conscience numb to evil. Sometimes the road to doing evil is long, sometimes it's short, but the person who's wise knows that eventually we'll learn how to tune our conscience out so that it's no longer effective in preventing us from doing evil. The Bible presents being brought out of darkness and into light as an image of redemption and salvation. The Apostle John writes, If we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his Son cleanses us from all sin. With that in mind, the wisest thing a person can do is not only find that light, but stay in that light. I'm Toby Logson, and this has been your Daily Fix of Wisdom on BibleStudyPodcast.org. Keep growing closer to Jesus.